setting new leaders up for success requires work ahead of time. You need to be proactive about this. Don't put somebody into a role and then start because they're already well behind the curve at that point. In business, you want to consistently attract incredible people, grow at an accelerated rate, and create a unique competitive advantage. The goal, it isn't to just be the best, but is to be the favorite, the favorite in the eyes, the mind, and the heart of your customer. To stay competitive in today's world, you want to build a business where people want to come to work and where they have a chance to be great at doing what they love the most. And you accomplish that by leading through values. Because when you lead through values, people excel, profits increase, and your brand becomes more human. Now make sure you download your free guide at leadthroughvalues.com. I'm James Mayhew, your Chief Culture Officer, and you're listening to Lead Through Values. Well, hey, welcome back to this episode of Lead Through Values. I'm so glad you're here with me today and for hanging around and, and you know, the, the, podcast is picking up a little bit of steam here. I, I thank you for those that have, have personally told me uh, either in person or via email or something like that, that you really are enjoying these things. It's so good to hear. Uh, but man, we've had some amazing guests. Like Talk about great conversations with leaders who have had a lot to share. Uh, it's been really, really rewarding for me. And every time I'm actually learning from them too. So go back, check those out and catch up if you haven't had a chance to do that. Now, today's episode is a little different. This isn't going to be a conversation with somebody else. This is just me today, your host and your coach, um, because I want to kick off a new series that's really important to me. And it's something that I am constantly doing in my business when that is working up um, and that is working with new leaders to set them up for success. You know, I post a lot on LinkedIn. So if you haven't followed me on LinkedIn or found me, you're like, let's connect. Well, like, there's no harm in that. Uh, and you might find something of value that somebody shares with me or that I post also. So let's do. And today I shared an example of how business owners and senior leaders set new leaders up for failure, actually, especially in fast growing businesses. And I said they set them up for failure. You might have thought I was going to say set them up for success but I want to talk about ways we get it wrong today. And that's because typically here, here's what happens. You're in a faster growing business and you identify somebody who is a really great rock star individual contributor, someone that's well-liked. They're well-respected by their peers and other managers around the company. You know, they take a lot of ownership of their work and they deliver excellence in everything they do. And they have a reputation where people know they can depend on them. And so it makes sense to give them more responsibility. And often that's just in the form of a leadership role. So, hey, great, James. You've done a good job as an individual contributor. We think you'd be the right person to head up this team. Cool. And a lot of this is, again, coming back to the fact that, you know, the person that, you're, that you've identified is liked and respected around the company. It makes sense. But here's how it can often turn from a great opportunity into something that's frustration-based, either for the business owner in a smaller business or in a larger company, it's, it's uh, maybe the department head or a VP who's counting on this to be able to eliminate a bottleneck and or accelerate results. 
We tend to give this new leader this authority and responsible, uh, I'm sorry, responsibility away. Um, we're, we're giving it away to someone who has mastery over their job, but they lack the essential skills that they need to actually lead that team or department. You know, it's, those skills include anything from knowing how and when to give feedback to people, how to set and communicate expectations, uh, making sure that they're not working alone and working in a silo, when to ask for help, or just the fact that, hey, you know what? It's actually okay to ask for help. An essential skill also includes how to resolve conflict between two team members. You'll find that anytime that you get into leadership, it's less about the tasks and it's so much more about the people. It really is. And that's why I call these essential skills. They are essential skills. And without them, this is when we get gaps in our communication. It's why people move from being engaged to disengaged, even actively disengaged. Like is that's when you get into like toxic mode. This is when and why team culture starts to erode. And don't miss this. This isn't just an issue we're talking about today with your new leader. I'm talking to you, leader, who put that person in that role. This is also an issue with your leadership, your decisions too. And that's why sometimes when we do this stuff, it can feel like, you know, you squirm in your chair a little bit. Like, yep, I'm relating to this. I know I'm not getting it done. So with that set up, I want to look at three vulnerabilities that new leaders face. Okay, the first is inexperience. The first vulnerability that new leaders face is being inexperienced. Well, duh, of course. If we've put somebody into a leadership role that hasn't led before, they don't have experience. And so let's just unpack that. What does it mean if we don't have experience? Well, first of all, let's just acknowledge that experience is a great teacher. It is one thing to have knowledge, but it's quite another thing when you're actually called on to use that knowledge in a way that moves you toward the outcome that you need to happen. The reality is, is that new leaders lack experience. There's just no way around it. Every leader who is in a leadership role, anyone, let's just say it this way, anyone who's in a leadership role, there was a very first time when you got into it and you didn't know what you didn't know. So let's talk about what it means to not know what you don't know. It means things like you don't know how to ask your team for progress updates. You may think it's implied. You may think automatically that just the way that you like to receive it is precisely the way they like to give it to you. And often that is not the case. So if you don't know how to ask for progress updates and then they don't come, or they don't come in the thoroughness that you either want or need, well, this can lead to low accountability. It can lead to missed deadlines and overall just poor performance. And so what happens is you've assigned a project or people are on your team are working on an important project. You expect a certain amount of communication to come in and it's not there. And that's when we start to get off on where at, what's your, what's your progress? Where are we at with the deadlines? How are we doing? Are you executing this to the level that we all agreed was needed to be done? Oh, by the way, did we actually define that at the beginning? 
Now, see, here's the other thing is when you lack experience and you don't know what you don't know, you may also demand constant updates. And that can undermine others' trust in you. And it can also erode their own confidence in themselves. When you lack experience and you don't know what you don't know, you fail to understand others' behavior styles or their communication styles because they're probably different than yours. So you struggle being their boss when actually what you need to be is their coach and guide them. So when you lack experience and you don't know what you don't know, you don't know how to delegate responsibility and ownership either. So you tend to delegate a task and you still end up managing how it's done rather than trusting someone else to do it well. Another way that you don't know what you don't know because you lack experience is in the interview. There's a pretty good chance you don't know how to interview well. Okay, you probably don't know how to ask thoughtful, probing questions that actually reveal if you have a potential rock star sitting in front of you or you have somebody that really knows how to answer the questions right, but they just want to kind of punch it in every day and go through the motions. And so if you don't know how to pull that out and you, you know, you also have to be careful with certain questions in the interview. You may not know what you don't know. And this is really important when you are in a small business. In a larger business, you probably have some of those parameters built around you, but it still doesn't mean you're going to get uh, the right question to get the right response that you need. See, lacking experience erodes your own self-confidence. And that can absolutely contribute to others losing confidence in you. I can tell you my own experience that when you lead, there's times when you won't be confident, that you have to make decisions or you have to go into meetings uh, and everybody's looking at you and you're supposed to be the guide. You're supposed to get them to where they need to go and maybe you lack some confidence there. So a real popular thing that, that you have all heard in the phrasing, it goes like this, fake it till you make it. Can I just tell you, I believe that that is horrible, horrible advice. Because I can promise you, other people have a strong sixth sense to fakers. They see it. They know that you're struggling. And instead of uh, taking a more humble approach, they continue to fake. So it's better, in my opinion, just admit, you don't know. That's okay. And then seek help. One of the biggest vulnerabilities that inexperienced leaders have is that they're convinced that they're supposed to have all the answers. Now, I've fallen into that trap myself. I've fallen into the trap of thinking I shouldn't ask for help because somebody put me in this role. And if I ask for help, it really shows them that maybe I don't know what I'm doing. But that was something I had to learn in my, in my own leadership journey. That just made the problem worse. So don't miss this. If you just put someone into their first leadership role. It's in your best interest to coach them, to mentor them, and to support them. And not enough leaders know this, and they end up saying something like, hey, just keep doing what you're doing and you'll be great. I heard that one before. Didn't go so well either. That is one of the biggest pitfalls for new leaders is just thinking, and, and or rather just keep doing what they've been doing, great individual contributors, and they make these great, powerful contributions. They think they're doing well because they're, they end up delegating tasks 
what they really are doing is just offloading stuff they don't want to do or stuff that keeps them, you know, from doing their best stuff. I also had that advice from a manager before. Just give away the stuff you don't want to do. Let them work on it. And, and honestly, he joked, but I remember him calling them minions at one point. Now, if you're doing that uh, and you're offloading tasks to your minions, oh my gosh, you, they'll get bored with you. They'll get frustrated with you. They'll feel undervalued. And I, I can assure you, they aren't going to work hard for you. They're going to, not going to work hard for the company. And your best people will leave. Now, the people that, that you made a mistake on, you, either you inherited them and they're kind of like the mediocre performers, or you made the mistake in the hiring and you got them, they're the ones that are going to stay. Now, the second topic that I want to speak to you about of vulnerabilities that new leaders have is insecurity. So the insecure leader tends to do one of two things. If you're insecure, you either become overly critical and end up micromanaging things, or if you have insecurity and you lack confidence, you probably avoid hard conversations. That's the other way to go. And you're avoiding not just those hard conversations, but difficult decisions and you kind of have this hope that maybe it'll just go away. In some cases, you may even, you know, with this insecurity, decide that you, it would be easier just for you to take it back and do it right than to help somebody else do it right or to do it well and teach them. Huge mistake. You're just creating bottlenecks. You're just creating, you're just creating a lot of extra work. So insecurity is often a result of assumptions and doubt and even fear. You start to tell yourself things like, I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. My team doesn't respond to me. They don't respect me as a leader. They don't, they don't respect my authority. So it's important that new leaders develop a level of self-assurance and inner confidence. Can be tough. Some people actually have it as a strength, okay? It's a natural talent. Strength finder actually has a, a self-assurance as a theme. Some people have it. That's a different sub subject for a different day because it can be loaded with some, some negative things too. But you're a team. You're, your team doesn't want you to consistently say to them, I don't know. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to always hear, I don't know, I don't know. However, just keep in mind that doesn't mean it's a bad phrase, especially if you follow I don't know with, but I'm going to find out and I'll get back to you by whenever. Okay, you need to set a time on it. And then you need to follow through on that because team, team members, your, your team needs a leader who's not just competent, but who can communicate a bigger picture as well as just having confidence that they're, that you're going to listen to their ideas, to their suggestions for how to improve. And a big part of setting a new leader up for success is understanding where their self-confidence is, how they handle challenges, and respond to adversity. That's worth repeating. Let me say that again. A big part of your success and your new leader's success is understanding their self-confidence. How are they going to handle the challenge? Are they going to address it head on? Are they going to want to avoid it? Does it scare them? And how are they going to respond to adversity? See, these are so crucial. And it's going to require that you have a strong relationship with them. You have to be around them to see them in action. 
that means you have to make yourself available. That means you can't be too busy. And if you are, you're going to miss. But you've got to be able to see them in action and then be proactive about giving them helpful and honest feedback. Because feedback isn't just a way to point fingers. No, feedback is your number one development tool that you have at your disposal. We will unpack that a lot in a future podcast. Now, just realize that this requires a huge investment of time on your end. Okay? It requires a large time investment before you promote someone into a leadership role. That means, again, you cannot afford to be overly busy and know that you're going to put somebody or or want to put this person into a leadership role. Maybe you've already told them that it's about six weeks out. And on the fifth week, you finally feel like you've carved out because now the urgency is there and the deadline is up. And the last week you try and squeeze in uh, a couple one hour meetings. Hey, I just want to make sure you know this and here's this. And you throw a bunch of stuff at them. Not going to stick. It's not going to work. And you've cheated it and you've cheated yourself and you've actually created more work for both of you. So just remember, it requires a large time investment and it is time well spent. Do not miss that. It is time well spent. Now, there's another aspect of this is don't do this in isolation either. You know, I work with some small business owners who have very small businesses, right? There's just a few people like under 10, okay? And they don't have someone else on their team to turn to. Like, what I'm saying is they don't have somebody else to bounce the idea off of, of should I put John or should I put Sharon into this new management role? But that's not an excuse either. Okay, just because you don't have somebody, that's, a, that's a, not a, an acceptable excuse. It's not an acceptable reason. If that's you and you're listening to this, one thing you can do is seek out another business owner. I bet you have a friend that, that, or a colleague, somebody you've met, maybe somebody in a networking group that you could just have a coffee with or go to lunch and just like, hey, I've got a, I guess something I could bounce an idea. When you promoted somebody into that manager role, what did you learn? What would you do different? Oh, I love that question. If you had to do it again, what would you do different? What a powerful question. And as I said, you know, I've got clients that actually will use me for that because that's what I'm there for. That's how I support them. This is a great thing. So they, I'll get a text. Hey, James, do you have an hour this week? I've got a decision to make on promoting somebody. We need to talk. Can we do that? Now, another thing about insecurity um, at a leadership level It will erode the culture of a team. And depending on what that level is, it will erode the culture within a company. It just depends on how how significant it is. We really have to address this whole concept of insecurity. So we've just talked about two vulnerabilities, inexperience and insecurity. Now the third, this is the one that's going to be, I don't know, maybe a little controversial, but it's immaturity. And I believe that when I say that new leaders have an immaturity to them, it sounds a little, you know, again, this one's a little more sensitive. Um, So I want to be careful here. I'm not referring to how we think about immaturity when we're talking about your 13 year old son or, you know, like it's not about adolescence in their behaviors. I'm saying this is immature leaders simply lack life experience. So if you lack life experience, that's a little different than lacking work and leadership and, and business experience. Well, you, you just like, until I had children of my own, I didn't understand it. 
Okay. That's an example of having life experience until I was married or married for a certain number of years. I've been married 30 years coming up in February. That's a, that's an amazing accomplishment. If I look at my life, I know more now after being married 30 years than I did after being married for one year guarantee. Okay. So an immature leader lacks life experience. Now it could be due to age. Okay. I just kind of referred to for timing on that. That's a, that's a large source of it, but also it just could be due to a lack of life experiences. So when we talk about experience, that's why these three words are so very interconnected. We talked about inexperience. We talked about insecurity and now we're on immaturity. So here let's, let's unpack immature leaders. They lack awareness of people. And that is huge. Immature leaders lack awareness of, of people and not just of people. It's around people and the way people relate and the way that people communicate. And that will lead to them missing relationships on your team that are strained, like two people that just aren't working well together. They're constantly nagging or complaining about you each other. And if you just don't have that experience to notice that, or it's a, it's an immaturity and you just go, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Right. That's what work is like. I always heard my friends talk about, yep, this is the way it is. You know, well, you, that's a huge issue. You're blind to it. Uh, you're also going to have lack of awareness of, of relationships that are strong because you just don't know what you don't know again. You would lack awareness of people um, who feel undervalued or underappreciated. You may lack of awareness around that, knowing that you actually are playing favorites. And this is very dangerous. If you if you ever get, find yourself into that position, you have to look inward. If somebody says, it looks like you're playing favorites, or who's the golden the golden employee this week for you, who's getting all the the kudos and recognition, you know, I'd be really careful about that. Very, very careful. So just making the point, leaders always, you have to have a high degree of awareness. Here's one other thing I didn't say, and it just popped into my head, but immature leaders also miss opportunities to do things like give informal feedback. You know, I think feedback, a lot of times we think of it has to be at the one-on-one, has to be at the annual review, or it's always in the structured formal way. But the best feedback most of the time is the informal. Like when you catch someone doing good, an immature leader may not know that. An inexperienced leader won't know that. So what do you mean by catch somebody doing good? It's like when you see somebody that did something that is worth recognizing, then recognize it. That's what I mean. You might also miss opportunities to give corrective or developmental feedback. You know, like, hey, you might not realize you're coming across like this. That's going to be a challenge for you. So some of these things can be taught. Some of these things have to be learned. But there is definitely, definitely, you're going to accelerate your awareness for it by the fact that you have somebody investing in you to show it to you, okay? That's why this is not something that can be done quickly. This needs to develop over time. I'll say it again. Leaders must have a high degree of awareness. Now, here are some other ways that uh, immature leaders do lack uh, awareness. Uh, It could be through their communication style, okay? Or even using tools like texting. So let me just give an example from texting. That's kind of on my mind. Uh, Maybe you send texts late in the evening to your team. What does that mean? Does that mean it's really urgent? 
Because for me, as a 50-year-old, if I get a text, I think it, I think a text has a heightened level of urgency over an email. And then a phone call would be above both of those, right? Uh, another way you can mess up using text is, is typing too much text when email would be better, right? If you give somebody something that, uh, let's say that's assignment or something changed on a project and you text it to them, chances are that, that that doesn't stick, especially if it is late in the evening or something. Oh, Hey, I just need to let you know, dot, 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 you text that to them. It's probably better to do it by email or wait till the next day and have a meeting about it so they can take notes, ask questions, et cetera. You know, communication styles differ. And this is one of the ways that an immature leader misses stuff. They lack awareness that there are different communication styles. And it can be, end up anywhere from a simple annoyance or it can blow up into a full problem, like conflict now. Now we're like, we've reached something that requires a lot more attention. Maybe it's a need to overexplain everything when a simple answer is more appropriate. Maybe it's writing very long and meticulous, very well thought out, laid out emails covering multiple subjects for multiple people. Oh, this causes bottlenecks. <laughs> you know, it leads to people not knowing. Like, that's, what, that's a great reason why people won't read an email is because it's pages long or it feels like it is. And it takes so much energy to discern why am I being included is there a takeaway or what, what might be my action item? And so you got to just ask yourself before you do something like that, would it be best to meet in person or discuss that by phone or video? And the last piece that I just do want to touch on here real briefly is um, the immature leaders may have a sense of arrival or an inflated self-importance. And this can be a killer to your company culture. This will destroy conversations. Uh, an immature leader that has an abundance of self-confidence will find themselves not listening well. They don't want to ask questions or they don't ask good questions. So they kind of lack curiosity because they've already determined what the best solution is. So it becomes a little bit more of a command situation. So let's talk about something that's related to all this I am going to do an entire podcast on this, but I have to touch it today because it's so important. If you've listened to me long enough, you've heard me say, confidence covered by humility. And that is a, a leadership skill slash values all rolled under one. Confidence covered by humility. The best leaders have it. What it means is you just have to know how to balance leading with confidence by also leading with humility. Understand the two aren't in opposition. They really aren't. There is a beautiful balance and harmony between them. And it's always in flux depending on what the situation is. Sometimes you need to lead with more confidence. You need to be more confident. Other times you need to lead with more humility it's very difficult for new leaders to understand this at times. I found myself in a boardroom once, surrounded by other leaders, uh, rocking the boat a little bit, thinking that was what I was supposed to do. It actually was a good thing, but it, it didn't land well at all. Uh, what I probably needed was more humility to ask and listen, and to, and to not just assert, this is what we're going to do, 
even though I knew that was necessary, it wasn't the right approach. A more appropriate approach would have been to ask to get, go into that room, you know, with already spoken to a number of leaders, if not every leader ahead of time. And just to say, hey, instead of me rocking the boat, here's some things that I'm thinking, what are your thoughts? I didn't know I needed to do that because I was an immature, inexperienced, and potentially a little insecure. Yeah, I was for sure. So as you can see, that setting new leaders up for success requires work ahead of time. You need to be proactive about this. Don't put somebody into a role and then start because they're already well behind the curve at that point. Put in the work to prepare them so they can groom them, give them the tools and the training, how to use those tools, because that's vital to their success and to your success. And when you get this right, you and the new leader are force multipliers, a term I love to say. Understand this, when you rush through it, you do it too late, you cut corners, or you don't make it a priority, it's going to disrupt your culture. It's not a possible, it, it's not a might or a maybe, it is a, it's, a, it's a sure thing. It will disrupt your culture. And it's also going to increase your own busyness. Because you're going to have to do things that you didn't anticipate doing that you should have front loaded on it, should have done it ahead of time. So you're going to increase your own a level of busyness. And that's probably going to leave you feeling frustrated or burnt out or scratching your head going, what went wrong? I thought when we put this person into this role, wow, all that would be fixed. And that wasn't the case. So if you want a strong foundation of how leadership is driving culture in today's business client, I created a program I called Accelerate. And in Accelerate, you just learn how to identify those communication styles. You learn how to identify other people's behavior styles. We cover pitfalls of, of leadership and how to avoid them and how to coach somebody through them. Not just to say, hey, look out for them. No, but when somebody finds themselves in there and you will, you might find yourself in there Here's some coaching points. Uh, We talk about things like how to tailor your feedback to these different styles. I give you cheat sheets in Accelerate. I want you to know before you go into a meeting where you're going to give feedback to somebody, how to understand what your behavior and communication style is and what theirs is so that you can modify yours so your feedback to them lands better. Wouldn't this be great if people knew this? One of my favorite comments from a small business owner who went through Accelerate was this. He said, it's like you slap us in the face with common sense. And I went, huh, thank you. Like, because this is what it is. That's what this training is. It's not theory. The whole time we're in Accelerate, we're teaching real situations to illustrate how to do this. It's very interactive. And that's why I keep the virtual class size to 10 or less. And that allows people to participate and ask questions. And there's time before or after where somebody who doesn't want to open up a question, um, you know, during the conversation, during the Zoom, we can do it ahead of time or afterwards. Here's another cool thing. We can adapt and modify this kind of training and bring it to your company's training room. If you'd like more information about Accelerate or any, any of these things that I'm doing to help, 
help businesses build up company culture and improve communication and, and improve how people work together, just give me a call. I'm easy to reach. You'll find me at 319-929-2604. My phone number is out there everywhere. It's probably one of the reasons why I get all these calls to buy a car warranty. But, uh, you know, if I'm with a client, leave me a message. I'll get back to you. So in closing, everyone has a time when they're new to leadership. That was you. That was me. That's people that you've put in place. That's maybe the person you work for right now. But just, just understand, you don't have to settle for that person staying a novice. If you've put somebody into a role, they're brand new, you don't have to settle. And they don't have to settle for staying a novice. Set them up for success. And that sets you and your customers and everybody else that you work with up for success. And that's what sets us apart, right? Well, I want to thank you so much. We'll catch you the next time on Lead Through Values. Thank you.